Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello Australia, welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James. I'm one of the hosts of the My Millennial Money podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you are new to My Millennial Money, thank you for checking us out. We hope that we can add some value in your life. We hope that you can learn one thing from each episode or get one piece of encouragement. And if you've been around the block a few times with me and you're in the Facebook group and you're an old hand at this, sit down, shut up and strap in baby because we are back and we are talking about fringe benefits tax. We're talking about salary packaging. We might touch on novated leases. We'll touch on everything. Today, I've got Scott Young, who is the Managing Director of Altus Financial. G'day, Scott. How are you going? Good, Glenn. Thanks for having me again. No worries. Are you ready to have a chat about all this good, juicy stuff? I'm ready to go. Let's do it. So, Scott, you've been on the podcast before. Uh, We get you on to talk about all the boring stuff. I'm really sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's got to, Glenn, and you get to have all the fun. Yeah, that's right. So, Altus Financial, you're the managing director. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Altus because Altus service clients all over Australia and they are my preferred recommendation for people looking for accounting uh, help uh, because uh, they've been vetted and I trust them. I use them myself. So just tell our listeners about Altus. Not a problem, Glenn. Thank you. Um, yeah, look, Altus is built to basically service private clients. So what we do is we put them in two categories, obviously private business owners and then private individuals. Now, from our perspective, it's about providing advice. So the advice can be broad ranging. It could be business advice. It could be personal advice. It could be various other uh, components around financial affairs that, that, that clients require assistance with as they go through their journey of life. Yeah, love it. And this is not a sponsored or paid episode by Altus. Uh, Scott's a, a good friend of the show. I'm actually their client. Uh, they look after all the podcast stuff, all my accounts. And uh, just keep that in the back of your pocket, Scott, when you're crunching my numbers next year. <laughs> Absolutely, Glenn. And look, no, that's right. I am a paying client, let's be clear. He is. And look, more importantly, Glenn, as, as I've said to you all along, it's all, I think it's great that we get the opportunity to come on here. I think it's great that, the, that there's a component of always trying to educate your listeners so that they understand a bit furthermore. And, and yes, it is FBT. And yes, FBT could be a dry topic. Mm. But it, but hopefully, um, as you started by dry? saying- Dry? I'm already a freaking Sahara desert over here. <laughs> <laughs> but but again, it's one of those things that you've already seen by some of the questions that have been raised. There, this this it's topic of FBT, BT does come up mm. um, in the business world and, and your listeners' world. So let's hope that we can educate them with a few things. Yeah. So a, a bit of a lay of the land, how we're going to do this episode. Uh, I just want to acknowledge that, you know, this topic will not be for everyone, but I still want you to listen so you can understand if you're talking with someone about FBT or if you are talking with a friend or family member and they want to know more about fringe benefit tax or salary packaging or uh 
you know, novated leases and all that juicy stuff. Uh, so we're going to we're going to talk about the concepts of all that stuff. We're going to talk about um, some practical examples of what it might be used for and how it's used. And I just want to say at the outset, salary packaging is not quote unquote salary sacrifice. So for the sake of this episode, when we talk about salary packaging, it is different than saying to your employer, I would like to salary sacrifice $200 a week into my superannuation. Is that a fair comment, Scott? Correct, Glenn. And we're going to answer your questions after we go all through that. Uh, you've put a heap of questions in the Facebook group, but actually, here we go, Scott. I'll uh, I'll actually ask you the first question on behalf of Katrina Langahan, Langenham, how, Langen, Langy, Lanny, Gan, Lanny, Katrina Lanigan. Lanigan. How <laughs> do we got? <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of Katrina Lanigan. WTF is FBT and how does it impact me? Good question, Katrina. Look, FBT or fringe benefits tax, as it's otherwise held, is a tax that's levied on benefits provided to employees by their employer outside of salaries and wages. So if you think about this um, conceptually, you, 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 as an employee, you go to work, you get paid a wage. Um, I think most of the listeners would understand that each week, month, or however they're paid, there's taxes withheld from that. What happened a long time ago is people started getting creative in this space and they started thinking, well, Mr. or Mrs. Employer, instead of my bonus being paid to me in salary and I lose a certain percentage in tax, um, how about you give me something different? So why don't you maybe provide me an entertainment voucher or why don't you go and buy me Colesmeyer vouchers and, or why don't you give me a car and um, why don't you give me airline tickets? So what happened was that back early on, the, the government obviously caught on to this and then said, well, payments in kind that are in effect deemed to be salaries but paid in another benefit can be taxable to the, uh, can be treated as taxable for the employee. Now, the way it actually works is the employer is the one that pays the fringe benefits tax, no different to they're the one that pays the PAYG withholding, but what they do is they charge or pass that on to the employee's total salary package over a year. Right. So, it's basically the government put in the fringe benefit tax to basically stop people abusing... Salary packaging. Yeah. So, for example, like... Uh, I own a boat and I think I might have flicked you a text at the time. I'm like, Scott, I'm buying a boat. Can the company <laughs> buy a boat for the purpose of, I don't know, entertaining clients and podcast listeners? And absolutely the company can, but it would probably attract fringe benefit tax. That's exactly right. So what would happen is in that situation is you've got the boat and the company and the company's paying you a wage. And if the company then allows you to use that boat, say every weekend with all your friends. And the running costs and of the, the running fuel co- and yeah. the maintenance of the boat. What you can see is not only have you received a salary from that company, but you've also received another benefit being access and utilisation of that boat for private purposes. So there'd be a deemed taxable benefit. Now, the taxable benefit's deemed to the company. But in effect, when the company's looking at you being an employee, they're saying, well, what's the total cost of of hiring Glenn? And they factor that into how much they pay you or mm. or, or otherwise wouldn't pay you. Yeah. So it, it really is, I don't know, it's probably more this discussion with uh, salary packaging, you know, how it could impact somebody and 
is it worth asking your employer if I can salary package something? Because the wash-up might be, well, it's actually not worth it because you'll end up paying more tax. Correct. So the, this is where the, the, a very um, – they wanted to make it prohibitive to do some of these things because back – it was always – there was a lot of meal cards and things going on. So people were getting paid low wages and then they'd get provi- – everything else would get paid for, mm. right? So they, they went straight to the highest marginal tax rate being where FBT is. So what that means is, in effect, if you're earning below – the highest marginal rate, which is quite high, it's $180,000. If you're getting charged full FBT on fully taxable items, you're actually in a worse situation than if you had been paid the salary, got taxed at, say, 25%. And then went and bought and went the, and bought the private item. Correct. Yep. So where the packaging becomes quite powerful is when there's some concessionally taxed benefits, right, where there could be exempt FBTable items, right? Yep. Um, and concessionally could be cars, Novata, that's where Novata leases falls in, or there are various institutions that are classified as being rebateable employers. So as an attraction for them to be able to um, attract talent in the marketplace, like hospitals, churches, not-for-profits, they often, they're often classed as a rebateable employer, which means there can be a concessional treatment from salary packaging. So mm. you would have seen in a lot of the, the questions here by some of the listeners, Caitlin um, and Maddie Reed, it was, was comments around hospitals and packaging. Um, mm. Hospitals and packaging, if you work for these institutions, a church, a not-for-profit, it is definitely something any of the listeners should consider. Mm. And, and, and and should inquire about. But often you should be aware of it because when you go for the job, they're like, hey, we actually pay you 40 grand a year. And you're like, oh, what? Oh, but there's 16 grand of benefits to you. Correct. Nine, in, in the majority of cases, they're using it as a selling point, mm. right? Um, because they, they usually do pay a lower amount of wages yeah. um, in, in, in those environments. So just to be super clear, Scott, if um, if there was a limit or a threshold, and I think it's around, you know, it can be up to around 16 grand-ish, and we'll just use that as an example. So I've gone for a job and it's a non-for-profit and they salary package 16 grand worth of crap that I receive effectively tax-free. Correct. They're exempt from paying the fringe benefit tax. Or there's a there's a rebatable or, portion. Yeah, yep. It's at a reduced rate. Yep. yep. So I guess that's what I really want to make clear uh, in this whole fringe benefit tax discussion. Most people whose salary package are exempt from FBT or have a very reduced rate. Correct. So I think it's just important to probably move into uh, what are some of the general items that are exempt from FBT and in that salary packaging world? Good question, Glenn. And look, just back to um, in all those employer situations that you spoke about before, they absolutely using it as a selling point. And there's actually a lot of really good salary packaging calculators out there that can be used that will actually let you determine are you better or are you worse? And that's right. And I, I guess it's um, it could be, well, I can go and get a job in marketing uh, over there and it's 88 grand a year, including super, or I can go to the non-for-profit and I get 50 grand and I get this tax-free portion. If we grossed it all up, it might be market rates anyway. Correct. Right. And yeah. then-, then the- It's usually not, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's something, right? Because- it is rewarding people who might want to go down into the non-for-profit world. That's right. So, so it's 
you normally find it's it's reducing the difference in yeah. earning capacity, yeah. right? So it's helping those organisations attract talent. Now, yeah. um, exempt benefits, look, there, there's laptops, there's tablets, there's various other um, things. There's, there's also this, people often go, well, what about minor, minor mm. benefits? Minor benefits are exempts. The primary example of that is um, in a lot of, so what happens is they sort of said, look, this could become really ridiculous where you go out for a Christmas lunch and, and, and everyone's concerned about, or oh, Christmas lunches stop, right? Mm. So there's a minor benefits exemption there, which means all those things are basically FBT free. Is there a threshold per transaction that you're aware of? The $300 yeah. is the minor benefits. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, some rats and mice. Now, you know, a lot of government employees, or if you're a, um, in a hospital, you might get a meal and entertainment card. So for those who, and this is really cool because you might be listening and you might be at university studying to be a nurse or a doctor or uh, in the non-for-profit sector, um, you might get given a, a meal and entertainment card. So how do they work? Do they just pay a portion of your salary onto that card or do you just use that card and then they attribute it back to you? How does that work? Yeah, look, um, uh, the, the actual mechanics behind it, normally they use a, a, a large salary packaging organisation that just absolutely just plans it out in advance. So my understanding is that you either get either a debit or an amount that's just allocated and tracked throughout the year. Yep. And the primary point is is that the way they work is that you know your your amount of total um, packaged items, call yep. it 16 grand. Yep. So then people then plan, well, how do they ensure they're packaging $16,000 per year? Yeah. Mm. So someone may not want to do meals because they may not spend $16,000 in meals yeah. over the year. So they may choose mortgage repayments or they may choose another form of pay. They may package a car or whatever else. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it, it is just, again, a, a really good option uh, to use. And I would encourage you, if you are working for an employer that does have an option and you're not using it, Maybe it is time to revisit that and just see if your life has changed since you've started. Yeah, definitely. There, there was a question here, and it's, it's a, it's a good one. Well, maybe we just get into some of the questions. I oh, know. I was just going to say because yeah. because Fletcher Haywood asked the question: Is it up to the company to allow salary packaging? Look, um, there's an administrative cost on what we just spoke about. So mm. you can imagine that's why back to the hospital example where it is highly attractive, there is a huge admin component on many, managing everything that we just spoke about if you look at the number of hospital employees. So if you then just come back to a normal um, SME environment, you know, five to 15 employees, um, given that there can be – there is no obligation for your employer to offer – salary packaging, there is no obligation for them to to use it. But obviously, those employers that wish to be flexible and, 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 and attract talent are often accommodating of it, right? It's just um, obviously doing the pros and cons of it and then understanding, is it worthwhile? And worthwhile for both of them. So usually things you said, that's why salary sacrificing it's really quite simple. Hey, instead of paying me an extra $500 a month in wages, can you just pay it to my super fund? Look, I think 99% of employers would do that in a heartbeat. And is it is it fair to say that salary sacrifice to super is exempt from FBT? Correct. Yep. 
Yep, that's right. That 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 is not taxable, and you can see that that uh, administratively, that's very easy to do. Mm. You just did it, pay it here. What's difficult to do is that if you, is if you package a car. Yeah. Right. You package a car. Some then you have got to look at keeping a logbook, or someone's got to keep a record. You got to package the fuel costs. You've got to each and every year got to get a declaration of the kilometres travelled. You got to get a signed written declaration. Um, a lot of people and a lot of employers find that to be quite prohibitive unless there's a material benefit in doing it. Yeah. And I mean, I, um, I worked when I was commuting to the city, uh, I worked for an employer and I think it was under 20 people in the office and they didn't blatantly advertise that they would do salary packaging for everyone. But I asked the general manager, I said, Hey, uh, can I salary package a car? And they said, yes, but we'll have to charge you because we need to get our accountants to crunch the numbers and do all that. So it's not uh, like if one of my team members came to me and said, can I salary package X, Y, and Z? I'm like, that's fine, but I'm going to have to pay an accountant to crunch this for my business. I've just got to pass on the cost to you. So it could be an extra grand or a year or whatever of just admin costs, but it could work out still better for you. Correct. So I wouldn't be afraid to um, to go down this road, but please know if your employer is a smaller business, you might say, look, I'm happy to have this discussion and if your accountant needs to charge you, I'm happy to... Um, yeah, or, or potentially then there is some really good um, salary packaging providers out there. So, so you're right, instead of the accountant charging whatever it is to do it, the salary packaging company may facilitate it on the employer's behalf, sure. and, your behalf and could charge a lower amount because they've got automated back-end technology that's tracking it mm. all, right? And and that's then they also can prov- – so the first step is, is to understand um, the benefit of the salary packaging and that's where some of these calculators are very good. Um, the reason why it's not just as simple as saying – it's 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 the same benefit to everyone. It depends what you're packaging, how it's treated, and also how much you're earning. So Scott, just as a like a real practical example, and this could be a bit of a, a groundbreaking moment that I'm gonna piss off a lot of employers out there because I'm gonna tell their staff what they can do potentially. What are some of the items that are exempt from FBT that are available to say anyone in my team? Or any employee. Yep. Good. Good question, Glenn. Look, the the easiest one that comes to mind is is the, the portable devices. So things like a mobile phone, a laptop, a tablet. Right now, there there is a proviso there that's got to be used primarily in the employee's employment. But there is the ability to get one of those items per year. Now, mm. there's other items like protective clothing, briefcases, other tools of trade that can be automatically exempt. And just so that is one way to do it. Now, just the other point to make that. If it's, it, it could be fully packaged and, and, and be exempt and then therefore helps the person. But in the event the employee goes and buys these things and then uses them for work-related purposes, they would be able to get a tax deduction in their personal name. So that's the case if the employer says, you know what, look, I agree with you, but this is a lot of paperwork on my end. That's just something for them to keep in mind as well for their own affairs. Yeah. And and that's it. And, and the only thing that I would say in a smart ass way, if I was the employee, it's like, yeah, well, I can't claim the GT back. Yeah, correct. And that is exactly true. Yeah. So there, there is a benefit there. Yeah. yeah. So again, it, ordinarily, so in my business, I employ four people. There's, uh, there's just, there's no real benefit because I'm not getting any government exemptions in my small business. I mean, sure, if the team want a laptop or a phone, 
it's just going to be a headache for me. I'd rather just buy them one as a bonus. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's because, you know, low value items anyway, yeah. right? Uh, but don't come at me for a, a new iPhone, everyone. But um, I think it's just really relevant that it is mainly for those sectors that the government have deemed that we want to make this more attractive in the community. Yeah, and and look, and cars, cars are a big item yeah. that can be concessionally taxed so they can still work out, but it depends on the vehicle, how much you're earning, the business use percentages. So that's where it, it is definitely cars are a large item that are often packaged, right? Mm. And and even things like But There's always an argument because you go, well, there's FBT exempt vehicles like a ute or a utility. But the question is if you're, if, if you're actually working in the trade um, and do you have an obligation to provide your own vehicle? Uh, you may. Mm. Um, or is your employer obligated to provide you with the vehicle? That, that, so, what? Scott, as a bookend, before we take a break and start to answer some of these questions uh, from the group, and there's one here about Hex that I'm interested in, uh, do you have any bookend comments? Yeah, look, Glenn, my, my view is a bit like this. I think everyone should always have an inquiring mind and, and, and look into things. Um, so if you have an employer that supports salary packaging or offers it, you should you should sit down, um, look at one of these online calculators because they're quite well laid out. You, you enter how much you earn. You then often you get asked what are some of the items you wish to package and usually they're trying to lead you towards the items that are concessionally taxed or exempt and then look at your own Outflows. So if some of those items you're paying for personally, but in after-tax dollars, meaning after you've been paid your salary, put through those workings and you may find that there is a way based on your circumstance where there could be a couple of thousand dollars savings to you from an optimization perspective that, that each and every year we would all know, well, well who wouldn't, wouldn't want to be a couple of thousand dollars off, better yep. off? Totally. So definitely they should go and consider it and look into it further. Yeah. And I just really want to emphasize uh, the concept that more times than not, if you're earning under that 180 grand, you won't be paying fringe benefit tax. You never want to be deemed to be paying fringe because you're actually going to be in in an adverse situation. But, that's right. But that's where cars can be a little bit different. Cars can, can, can still be a little bit beneficial, but not as much because of something like you said before, things like GST. Yeah. Can, so, because the employer can claim back the GST. Correct. Um, on your behalf and theoretically pass that through to you. So, it is more of a case of understanding that we're not talking about salary sacrificing to super. We're saying, I want maybe car, meal, entertainment, mortgage payments in lieu of salary and because I work in an industry that uh, gets a fringe benefits tax rebate or exemption, that makes it worthwhile. Correct. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Okay, Nicole Taylor asks... Are there any easy ways to work out how salary packaging can affect HEX payments, child support, and how it could affect family tax benefits or anything else that might be affected? Yeah, look, good, good question, Nicole. Um, so back back to the point 
where we started the episode about um, people were trying to move money away from a salary wage deemed to another benefit. The tax system now looks at it and what they do is they, they have reportable benefits which come through on a payment summary. And, and when you go and deem a lot of these things that you've mentioned like hex repayments, child support, family tax benefits, it normally looks at an adjusted taxable income. So this is where things like package super also come into it where you now have to report anything above the the SGC levels. So um, it does impact all those things you just mentioned. Any reportable fringe benefits? So exempt benefits wouldn't be reportable, but any reportable fringe benefits, um, any package super above the SGC rates would all come into an adjusted taxable income figure that impacts HECS, child support and family tax benefits. Okay, so just to go deeper on that, if you work for a, a hospital, for example, and part of your package was a 16 grand uh, meal entertainment or salary packaging thing, the ATO would effectively gross up that Correct. 16 grand into pre-tax dollars to then work out your income. And based on that 16 grand, you will um, grossed up and your uh, salary, you have to pay hex based on the total grossed up amount. That That is basically how it works because they've implied, they've basically said you've diverted some money from, from left hand to right hand and basically you've made that choice. So what obviously the government's trying to do is recoup back the money that you've borrowed. And this is weird because 20 years ago, 15 years ago, a lot of you are, are old enough to you know be an adult at that time you used to be able to salary sacrifice to super to get around hex, child support, bloody family tax benefit stuff. Realistically, you can't hide any money from the government. They just deem it as if you were taking it as salary. Correct. And the worst situation, and this is this is a good point in relation to the hex, right? And this is where really the 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 point with hex is each and every year the listeners should be aware of. Um, what is their hex amount? And they should really be making sure that their employer is withholding the right amount from them, mm. yeah? Um, because there's nothing worse. I've had it and many people have had it in their lives where you get hit with a large nasty surprise at the, the back end. You're always better off potentially withholding more, never less. Totally. And if in doubt, check out an online calculator. Yeah, or, or talk to your payroll department or, yeah. or whoever manages your payroll. And, you and this is this whole thing, like... If you work for a big employer and they offer salary packaging, they should be able to spell it out to make it really easy for you. And if you're not satisfied, don't put up with it. We're not doing anything that we don't understand. Say, well, if you're using this third-party company or Maxia or whatever they're using for the cars or whatever it is, say, look, I would like to speak to a representative of that company because I need to be above this stuff. I need to understand how this works and how it impacts me. Yep, definitely. Yeah. I'm a bit of an asshole when it comes to uh, life in general. No, I probably am. But like, you know, I need to be able to understand stuff. You know, when people say to me, oh, well, this should do this. I'm like, no, 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 no. We don't use the S word when we're dealing with important things. I need to actually know. Yeah. If it's a should or maybe... No, no, can you please go and find out? And, and, and that's probably a good point. So if you said, what were some of the takeaways that I hope people have heard? Look, they, most listeners are probably going to be worse off by packaging fully taxable items, right? So let's, before, if you're interested in it and you consider it, um, run a salary packaging calculator. 
you'll see what it means to you each year. And that's quite a powerful statement because if you, instead of then going to your employer and saying, hey, can I package a car? It's probably a far more powerful statement to go and say, look, I've run some numbers. Packaging a car or a vehicle will be about $2,500 better for me. I've looked into this and there's a way where we can do this where there's no large admin burden on you. Is this something you're willing to do for me? Yeah. And on the cars thing, uh, there's a, a question here from uh, Michael John Aguas, I think, Aguis maybe. It talks about small business and leasing vehicles for core employees. I want to flip it a little bit. So ordinarily, you can salary package a novated lease. And the word novated is basically means the contract can be transferred. Correct. So you get a lease, the car's in your name. The lease is in your name, but it's got an interest of your employer. Correct. And they pay the uh, monthly lease payment. Yep. And, and, and the main reason why this novated leasing arrangement came, came out is because it's allowed people to, to package motor vehicles, but it, it's also allowed the flexibility where the, if the employer and the employee cease their relationship, the employee is still then deemed liable for the motor vehicle. Exactly. So it so it separated the situation where and it was sorry, it probably accommodated where an employee wished to package uh, a Pajero, the employer, instead of the employer having to go out and buy a Pajero for them, mm. it allowed the employees to be able to select the car, but also the employer to know, well, if for whatever reason you no longer continue to work with me, I'm not left with this car that I haven't chosen. Exactly. And I think it's a bit of a, a two-edged sword because as the employee, so many people are like, I've got a 16 grand a year car allowance. Okay, you don't have to use it all. Use five grand. Buy a beta with your car allowance. Pay tax and take the money home. Correct. That's number one. Number two, if you're going for a job and they go, oh, you can package your car and you need the car for your own job and all that stuff, as the employee, I'd be like, well, if the role needs a freaking car, furnish me a car <laughs> so you're not carrying the bag. And, and you're exactly right there. So you look at things, um, specific trades, sales staff, Right, those mm. those that are that are required to be on the road, service technicians. Um, there's rarely there shouldn't be a salary packaging discussion in relation to my util- utility that's got my employer's branding all over it. Totally, right? totally. So if your employer says you can do a car, you need the car for work, but put it all in your name. Tell them that's cute. I'll just take a higher salary and not have a car or something like that yeah. because you shouldn't have to be left holding the bag if you get your ass fired and you've left the job and you own a, a station wagon or a ute with the debt on it. Correct. So that's kind of my rant to people. But I mean, in Michael's point about leasing the car, yeah, the employer would make the payments. The employer would claim the payments and claim the GST back. Correct. Uh, but if you're the employee, make sure you tell them that you want the GST. Yeah, and th- again, and th- I, but there's no law that they have to pass the GST on, is there? Ah, uh, look, good, good point. Um, no, there isn't because they But, 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 look, I, I, I haven't seen when, when, uh, getting the calculations done properly, mm. and this is where the automation pit looks after it. It always accommodates that, yep. right? Because fundamentally, there that isn't a cost 
to the employer. So therefore, they're passing on that benefit to the employee. Yeah. Scott Jones, uh, he's a general manager on a salary of a medium-sized construction company. I've heard of weird and fantastic stories of the possibility to pay mortgage payments before tax. Uh, any upside or downsides of downside of this? Yeah, look, that would be, given you're in a construction company, look, my assumption there is that there is no rebatable employer situation there. So that would be a fully taxable benefit. So in that situation, you're not going to be, you'd be no better off if you earn over 180 grand a year and you'll be worse off if you earn less. And this is why um, in terms of the practicalities of the non-for-profits, you know, Scott may have heard that someone worked for a non-for-profit or a charity, uh, you can direct 16 grand or whatever that threshold is straight onto the mortgage. Correct. So this is where when you when in Scott's situation, it wouldn't be, there'd be an admin component organising what we're doing there. And basically Scott's either going to be um, no better off or worse off. So you wouldn't bother entertaining that arrangement. Now, yeah. by themselves, the employer when Scott went to suggest that, would probably look back and say, look, actually, I've run some numbers here and this is going to be probably a waste of both of our time. So it, it's a good question, but definitely not in that situation. That wouldn't be of any benefit to them. And practically speaking, uh, if you are using the Glen James spending plan, you may need to get a little bit smart with how you're managing your fringe benefits and your salary packaging and your meal and entertainment card. So that, for example, might mean that you kind of keep the blow account separately and you use your food and uh, entertainment card for for most of your blow account. So you might only have some real small amounts in your blow card, but you've got your card, that's your food and entertainment uh, on that card. And likewise with, um, if you do work for an employer and they salary sacrifice, you know, 16 grand a year onto the mortgage, well, you just have to work it out manually. And this is why there's a spreadsheet because I want you to learn how to manage your money. I want you to outgrow my system. You might net out that amount from your spending plan. So you don't add it in as income and then you take the mortgage amount out of the mortgage uh, section because you know that it's going direct onto the mortgage. So whatever way you do it, you just have to start to understand how your system might be a little bit different if we're using meal and entertainment or if we're self-sacrificing as part of a salary package onto your mortgage. Yep. So, look, Scott, I think it's pretty straightforward in terms of the concepts. And that's kind of what I wanted to cover today. So, unless you've got any other comments, uh, we might leave it there because everybody's situation is so different and they really do need to go to their HR department or their payroll team. And if in doubt, if you do have a huge salary, and you do need some help, it's okay to spend some money with an accountant that's in your corner to help crunch this for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, look, Glenn, thanks for having me again. And no hopefully worries. some of your listeners, well, hopefully your listeners have learned something today. Awesome. All right. See you guys. See ya. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. 
If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.